Okay, good morning. I'll ask everybody to return to their seats now. Good monumental morning. Wow. You believe this phenomenal background? Now, being myself under five feet tall makes it tough for some people to see me up here. But today, I'm competing with monumental. <laughs> so just letting you know, this is me here, little. My name is Judy Alvarez, and I, as Erica, have called RLC my home church for many years. And I'm so blessed that God planted me in this congregation. I always feel privileged to share the word. And I so appreciate the wisdom and experiences of others that I can add in my teaching. The word for you today, devotional, has been one of those great resources. So if you read today's entry, God already set you up for today's message. The expression to mind. The expression to mind is used in many ways. There is mind your manners for be careful about your behavior. Mind your mother as in listen and obey. Never mind what he says regarding importance. Don't mind their teasing as disregard. Call to mind as what? Remember, yes, remember. Uh, do you mind? Implies being bothered. Can you relate? Mind your head. Now this means watch out, but somebody else said, remember to bring your head with you. And of course, probably the most popular one is mind your business, which means butt out. And everyone said... Amen. Yes. This morning, I will talk to you about this expression in a way that has everything to do with our Christian walk. And it's called minding my mind. Now, who's this lady there? John made me do it. Thank you, John. Such a blessing. So, minding my mind. To mind something, the ability to be aware of the world around us and of our own experiences, and a very simplified definition of the mind, what helps us think, reason, feel, understand, and remember. I recently came across this significant phrase. Change your mindset, change the world, or more specifically, change your world. That struck me deeply for two reasons. First, I have done this. And second, I need to do this. Now let me explain. I have experienced growth and restoration when I have received correction from God's word, 
or from people who have given me sound advice and have yielded to this, to this guidance. Yet I am very aware of so many life adjustments I still need to make. So I did a double take at this very real statement. Change your mindset, change the world, or change your world. We have heard over and over that our minds are a battlefield on which the war for our emotions, our God-given purpose, and our perspective of life in general is either won or lost. Now, this image whew, is very revealing in that we see eyes, ears, and mouth being covered. See, this battle pursues mental blindness, mental deafness, mental muteness, blocked eyes, blocked ears, blocked mouth, hindrance, obstruction, prevention from going in and coming out. To ignore this war or to underestimate its danger can essentially lead to losing it entirely. Rick Warren describes this war as vicious and intense because the mind is one of our greatest assets. He also says it's an unfair battle because Satan never plays fair. If you don't believe you have a real enemy, which was God enemies first, you are in a very defenseless position to combat his schemes. He does not fight by the rules of engagement like our army in wartime. He has no honor code. He is an adversary and an accuser, you find that in the word, who longs for you and me to be ignorant of and become complacent against his insistent attacks. Impressive. Now, the language of the mind is images. A continuous flow of images and ideas are like on an ongoing movie screen that provides pictures and words that are endless. Some purposeful, others not. What we talk to ourselves generally contains too much self-focus and self-defeating babble. It can sound like this. What a stupid thing to say. A very common put down to self. Did she just ignore me? Shows a little anger and a lot of fear that am I easily forgotten? I don't get it. This is too hard for me. I give up. It's a syndrome that sometimes is called, who do I think I am anyway? I'm not enough. I don't have enough. I can't do enough. Cutting harmful remarks to self. And it can go on and on, and it can be exhausting. Now, our sequence of thoughts has been described as rambling and unstoppable, a flood. Interesting fact. It is estimated that we have up to 70,000 thoughts in a day. I wonder we're so tired at the end of the day, right? Now, letting the mind wander and run wildly without any goal is so harmful. 
it can actually turn into our biggest enemy. We very much need to learn how to guard and strengthen our minds because the battle against sin always starts in the mind. Have you noticed how your mind doesn't always mind? I certainly do. It can be so rebellious. You want to think on something, but your mind goes in another direction. You want to concentrate on studying for that test, but your mind has better plans for the day. I want to pray, but my thoughts just want to float away. Proverbs 23, 7 says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Now, the main meaning of this verse is about a person who says one thing, although their heart or mind feels or thinks differently. In other words, what a person is in the inside and what they say on the outside doesn't always match up. But sooner or later, it is revealed who the person really is inside. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he, so is she. This verse emphasizes the importance of our thought life. It connects our thinking with our being. And it does this very powerfully. This poster that I found says, Watch your thoughts, for they become your words. Watch your words, for they become your actions. Watch your actions, for they become habits. Watch your habits, for they become your character. Watch your character, for it becomes your destiny. What we think, we become. Whew. How powerful. This is serious business, huh? Joyce Meyer says, what you choose to think about and dwell on in this life will make or break you as to what time of type of person you will become in this life. She talks a lot, a lot about the stinking thinking, and I think most of you may have heard that that gets us and keeps us into trouble, spiritually, emotionally, in relationships, and even physically. Stinking thinking has become a mental block that keeps people deep into negative and pessimistic thoughts, or to have an unfavorable perspective of themselves and others. And pessimistic thinking can definitely lead to damaging decisions and unhealthy ways of life. Joyce Meyer says more. There was a time I didn't know that I could do anything about my thought life. I believed in God and had for many years, but I had no teaching at all about the proper condition of a believer's mind. 
when I began to study the Bible and became more serious about my relationship with the Lord, I learned that many of my problems, many of my problems were rooted in wrong thinking patterns. Woo. Wrong thinking patterns. Now, this wrong thinking happens at any age. Pastor Gabe, when he was around eight, was an enthusiastic follower of Popeye the Sailor Man. Now, anyone here under 60 may not know much about Popeye. But this cartoon character got his strength from eating spinach out of a can. His muscles would pop up, and he was ready to take on anyone and anything. So little Gabe would ask his mom over and over and over, please buy me some spinach in a can. So after a pretty long wait and a number of stern warnings, you better eat it all, he got his spinach in a can desire. Well, the taste was awful. And, but, but he ate as much as he could because he knew what would happen, right? He waited and waited and waited, but his muscles never ballooned. You said it. Wah, wah, wah. All he got was a terrible taste in his mouth and a pretty upset stomach. <laughs> Seriously now, how about the belief of many in the uplifting result of certain substances that will make life so much better, but the real outcome is lots of pain and loss instead. Wrong thinking. How about the complete confidence that this new relationship, this new job, this new neighborhood is the answer to all of one's problems, but only realizing later that God was never in it when things took a turn for the rest. Confidence in who? Confidence in what? Wrong thinking. Right thinking is hard. We are surrounded by beliefs and opinions that have so much influence over our thoughts. And so many are misleading, very misleading. God reveals himself all the time through nature, through his word, through his work in many people, right? But so many contradictory messages from our, our, our culture blind people from it. A surge of misguided education also clouds our views on almost anything. And that Christians would form a group among those deceived, that's the saddest fact. You know, I read about a man riding a horse frantically who seemed to really have somewhere very important to be and something very important to do. However, when asked what was he doing at such big hurry, he answered quite out of breath, that's the horse, not me. It sounded to me like an uncontrolled mind controlling a man 
with no control. And I will repeat that. An uncontrolled mind controlling a man with no control. And it happens to women too, by the way. I so agree with Joyce Meyer when she says we need to guard and strengthen our minds because so many of our problems are rooted in what did we say? Wrong thinking patterns. Yes. And we know from what we're hearing from Pastor Jeff's teachings, if you want to change the fruits, you have to change the roots. Right? You have to change the roots. So if you change your thoughts, you can change your world. And that is our world and also the world around us. You see, in every tree or plant, right, it's what's under the ground, the roots, that creates what's on the ground, the fruits. We can't change a crop that is already far from what we expected. We can, however, provide better conditions for the soil and look forward to a better harvest. So you may not like what you're seeing in some of your attitudes or your decision-making, so you go back to the root of it. What was I thinking when I made this choice that led me to this failure? Was I in the wrong company, in the wrong place, or in the wrong mindset? Dig below the surface. Dig inside and take care of the roots, your thoughts. People who depend on the outside world for their happiness will not be very happy because the standards for being happy change from source to source. How many of you, when you're doing deep cleaning, find in your basement, in your garage, in your attic, under the bed, things that you were so persuaded at some time that you could not live without? Your life will never be the same if you don't get this, if you don't get that, right? Yet today, it's part of that pile that you have it labeled to the garbage it goes. Hmm. Guilty. Happiness, better yet joy, is an inside job. Yes, yes, yes. So to change our beliefs on the outside, right, we have to change, first change, the belief in the inside or the roots. But if we freely choose to dwell on so much that is shallow and negative around us, we cannot blame anyone else, including God himself, which we so much do, for the consequences. You know, for God, for some, it's hard work to calm the mind to give God undivided attention, and others just don't know why they have such unsettling thoughts. What would God have us do? Romans 12, 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God. If by any chance you said in your mind, not that same old scripture, there goes that darn mind again, right? Okay, 
Now let's read this in the message paraphrase. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God wants to bring the best out of you. Develops well-formed maturity in you. Praise God. Two important words, thinking and attention. Another important word, changed. And finally, well-formed maturity. That's God's plan. You do the first two things, he'll do the last two things. Paul says that the crucial element in loving and serving God, as he expects of us, is being transformed in our minds. It puts into action the sequence we mentioned before, but with abundant life results. Thoughts, words, actions, habits, character, destiny. I was so impressed how this morning, praise and worship, the first two songs are all about the battle, right? I can't stress enough how necessary it is to distinguish between a morally indifferent culture and godly truths. Social media, newspapers, televised news, Twitter, Facebook, this and that magazine, reality shows, whew, do they have a lot to say. How much is true and how much is con? How much of it motivates us to make significant adjustments, especially spiritually and emotionally? There are many voices out there that may, in fact, open doors to defeat and confusion. That's why Romans 8, 6 says, because for the mind to be given up to earthly things means death. But for it to be given up to spiritual things means life and peace. Believe it. Believe it. You know, a life-changing issues in the members of Journey of Recovery is about opening their eyes to their real spiritual an emotional condition. In other words, knowing who they are, knowing who I am. More healing comes in discovering the wrong beliefs that which brought them to the place they were when coming into recovery, which I always say we're all recovering. Sanctification is recovery, but we have a specific group to work with that. The focus is turned upward and inward, allowing Holy Spirit to help us come to go know God like never before and also know one's true inner self like never before. And, of course, none of this happens without another member to walk out recovery with, always. Renewing the mind according to Romans 12, 2 means understanding life through the inner teachings 
of Holy Spirit. This means not seeing life through your experience, your traumas, your emotional wounds, your preferences, or the opinions of others. The many, many, many opinions of others. It's a 180 degree shift towards seeing yourself. Well, first, seeing God, yourself, others, and the world from a true and biblical perspective. Renewed mind. Now, this helps us dismantle or rip to pieces all those lies that the world taught us our entire lives. We have believed so many wrong things in every stage of our lives, which have determined many wrong walks in life. But you know what the good news is? That there is in the Lord absolute hope for a born again mind, right? When we're born again, we're new creatures. Then we start our walk to renewing our mind that it would also be born again. Bottom line, we must learn how to de develop right thinking. And how does this renewal happen? How do I renew my mind? First, we need to know God's word. Again, oh, same old, same old, you may be saying. You bet your marbles. Do you know that our ABC foundation in our Christian life walk never changes? You know, don't bring this new, well, you know, I don't have, I don't have to read the word. I, I can do this, I can do that. Lies. That A in the ABC, that's God's word. This is the only way to let go of values and habits that don't agree with God's will. This is the only way of adopting a new mindset built upon the truth. I always, you know, I think about how was Job able to stand strong after losing his health, his possessions, his children, and had his wife and friends come against him. The most astounding, astounding words that he said, and the ones that most strike my heart, was when he said, we bring nothing at birth, we take nothing at death. The Lord alone gives and takes. Praise the name of the Lord. Oh, I can only hope that if I find myself in a situation remotely close to Job's, I could be as humble and as faithful. Now, he was able to do this because he knew his God. He trusted his God. And only when the word of God is front and center in our lives, we can know God. Capital K, capital N, capital O, capital W. Know God. Read it. Listen to it. Think on it, memorize it, study it, talk about it, believe it, live it out. And you know, and it's like any, develop any developing relationship. It takes time, it takes focus, it takes patience. 
But the more you do this, the better you understand it. The less boring it becomes. You can be honest. I know sometimes you can find the word boring. But you know, the more we're in it, the more familiar it becomes. It becomes less of actually reading it and more like hearing Jesus talking to you. And I know I have some witnesses in this house that can say that when they read the word, it's like Jesus talking to them. Being rooted in the word of God produces a right mindset. You know, and the awesome thing is that there are Bibles for every ages and every season in life. There are study Bibles. There are Bibles geared to those in recovery, to those in prison, to men, to women, to teens, to children. And what I mean by this is that they include questions or testimonies to meditate on. They have specific portions that are highlighted that address particular issues. They're online Bibles. They're online Bible studies. They're resources to study the Bible, such as, let's say, a concordance. You can look up verses. You can look up scriptures that address a struggle that you're having right now. And you can write these verses down. You can memorize them. And above all, you can stand on these scriptures to come against the attack of the enemy on your mind. So it's so important, you know, and you can study it with a family member. You can study it with a friend. You can study it with somebody of the body of Christ. And when you do this with somebody else, you're making sure that you're not walking your Christian life alone. We need people in our life. We do. No matter how hard you try to gain a new perspective or to eliminate stinking thinking on your own, it ain't happening without the power of God's word. It's not happening. This is God's way. His thoughts, higher than our thoughts. His way, higher than our ways. There is an older teen that I know who has been struggling with the way she perceives herself. Writing down three personal great qualities and three not-so-great personal ones, she experienced what I have seen over and over in my life about other people trying to do this. They can quickly jot down the negative stuff, but take a lot of time writing the positive. And lots of trouble of coming up with that third reason, stinking thinking. Now, as she is digging deep into the truth of who she is in Christ, she is accepted, she is secure, she is significant, with specific scriptures that are telling her all the wonderful ways God sees her and loves her, no matter what anybody else says, or no matter what her circumstances say, her mind is being renewed. I am being a witness of this. She is looking at herself in the new mirror of God's truth. As a matter of fact, she is standing in front of the mirror saying her name and saying, so-and-so 
is accepted in Christ. So-and-so is secure in Christ. So-and-so is significant in Christ. And she's not looking that much in the mirror of lies. That says there is too much negative in her. And very importantly, she is walking all of this out with another Christian by her side. So this practice of focusing, remember, attention on the Bible, this is the, then it's the second way, will produce thoughts full of right matters, right ideas, right foundations, right principles. You become very deliberate on what occupies your thoughts. This focus is going to help to stop settling on self-criticism, fear, anger, offenses, and the negativity that produces unhealthy outcomes. Allow these thoughts to shape your behavior. The mind begins to heal. When we fill our thoughts with right things, the wrong ones have no room to enter. We start crowding out what's not right because our mind is becoming very full of what it's right. Even, even, that's even a scientific uh, principle, I believe. So this radical way of filling our minds with truth and all good things can be a challenge. That happens, you know, especially during difficult times. So thoughts of condemnation and guilt sometimes reveal what we're thinking inside, but so much of it is just not true. Now, God has promised us to keep us, to keep in perfect peace the one whose mind is intentionally stayed on him. Intentionally. This is a word we use a lot in Journey of Recovery. So, it says in Isaiah 26.3, those of steadfast mind, you keep in peace. Those who intentionally, steadfast, steadfast intentionally, you keep in peace. In peace because they trust you. Now, this will bring the third way how we renew our mind, and it's God's word will continuously guard your heart and your mind. Let's see these two scriptures. It says, guard your heart over all else, for it determines the course of your life. And in another uh, translation, be careful what you think, because your thoughts ruin your life. So in this third uh, way, strategy of guarding your heart and your mind, it's protecting these parts of our, of our being from whatever openly persuades us or invites us into temptations, such as habits that can turn into addictions. It could be infidelity. It could be sexual sins. It could be damaged relationships. So I, yeah, I don't do anything of that. 
It could be continued gossip. It could be lying to everyone and anyone. It could be lying to yourself when you're not honest. That could be a temptation. Because it says in Matthew, and this is not going to be up there, that the spirits, the spirit, our spirit, wants us to do what is right, but the body is weak. And Holy Spirit wants us to do what is right, but the body is weak. So 1 John adds, don't love the ways of the world, wanting your own way, wanting everything for yourself, wanting to appear important. That has nothing to do with the Father. So guarding your heart and your mind is also about, do you know that the food that enters the mind must be washed as closely as the food that enters the body. And I don't know if you've ever seen this image that's called garbage in, garbage out. Now, this phrase was coined by an IBM program instructor who was teaching his students that a computer just processes what it's given. It became a rule. Bad input will produce bad output. You know, we do things we think about. Thankfully, not everything. But we don't do things we don't think about. Think about this. No pun intended. We do things we think about. That's why we have to be so careful about we let, what we let in. And this, it's there, it's there, it's there. But we don't do things we don't think about. That's why we have to think right thoughts. That's why we have to have our mind filled of what is good. So this is a huge reason why it's absolutely necessary to pay attention, like that scripture said, to focus on what God's best is for us. Because then we will walk it out. Garbage from the outside programs us wrong, in a wrong way. And it comes at us every single day, all day long. Beware. Please, please, please stop believing the lie that none of that garbage is going to hurt me. Or that you're immune to the tricks of the devil. You know, it's time to stop believing that it doesn't matter what I read. It doesn't matter what I see. It doesn't matter where I go. It doesn't matter who I hang with. And we only think that, oh, that's the teens. That happens to children, to young adults, to middle-agers, to seniors. There's a scripture, and I didn't bring it today, but it talks about making a covenant with your eyes about what you see. And I would say making a covenant with your ears, making a covenant with your feet. All right? A mind given by God and not used to know him and serve him is a terrible thing to waste. You heard it here. 
Now, I would like to refer to the strategy that, in my opinion, is the most intense and effective. Negative thoughts are not going to leave on their own. Please believe it. They're not going to leave. God has made provision for us, though, to overcome in this raging battle over our minds. Another familiar scripture, the weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And I highlighted for myself three words, weapons, this phrase, divine power, and this last word, demolish. Three things are mentioned in there. One is strongholds. You know, stronghold is a place where a cause or a belief is strongly defended or upheld. So they're the things that come into our mind, and even though it says here they stand against the knowledge of God, they're there. They're entrenched. Arguments are a set of reasons given with the aim of persuading. So all these things are coming. No, this is the truth. And then, oh, no, no, that's not what, just, not what the Bible says. not what Pastor Jeff says. It's not what anybody says. This is the truth. This is the truth. Pretension, an allegation of doubtful value. Ooh, lots of them. The word says, demolish, demolish. Demolish. That's our work. This renovation is only made possible by aligning our thoughts with the word of God. By arranging our thoughts, positioning our thoughts, lining our thoughts up with the truth of God. And we can do this through three ways, which are recognize replace, and reinforce. And I will explain this to you. Recognize. Learn to recognize thoughts that are not true. And you have to be active in the word, right? So you can intentionally capture each thought that comes into your mind and compare it to God's word. And his promises for your life. Ask yourself, does this thought that I'm having right now reflect what God says about this situation? Or does it reflect a lie that I know doesn't represent God's heart from me? If it does, I cast it away and I reject its influence in my life. So that's recognized, right? Okay, this thought mm -mm, says this, the word says this. Okay, replace that thought, you are going to replace it with the truth of God's word, right? That's what concordance is going to help you to do. Respond to that thought with a specific scripture. If the thoughts you're having don't agree with God's word, then replace them with promise, promises from God's 
word. And it can be literally as simple as asking Holy Spirit to bring to your remembrance a scripture that is opposite of the lie you are being faced with. You know, this is not just dilly-dally. No, 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 no. It's work. It's spiritual work, but you're not alone doing it. And lastly, reinforce. So, reinforce that truth you have chosen to believe every time the same thought comes back. Oh, because it's going to come. Oh, yeah, it's going to come. And the enemy doesn't get tired. You know, he'll let you for a little bit, and then the thoughts come back. And the thought comes back. So, every time, simply reject it and replace it. It's so awesome that you know a scripture and you could say it out to the devil. You could say it out loud so you can hear it. Sometimes we need to hear it as well. So we reject them and we replace them. Now, one way that you can accelerate this process is to, you know, write down your newly created biblical affirmation. You could do it on note cards and you can post them in places that you often see, maybe your desk, maybe your bathroom mirror. Now, for the younger generation, you can look these scriptures up on your phone, right? And you can put reminders. I'm going to say them at 9 o'clock. I'm going to say them at 12 o'clock. I'm going to say them at 3 o'clock. I'm going to say them at 6 o'clock. I'm going to say them before bed. Remind yourself because we're all busy. But there it is. No, I'm going to say this again, especially if you're in that middle of the battle where you're feeling so tempted to do something. There is the word reminding you of the truth. So that is very important. Now, for many months, I have been recognizing and some thoughts and how I have allowed them to control a specific aspect in my life. Now, I was diagnosed as a diabetic in my 40s, and even seeing how this condition has affected a lot of my family, my thoughts about this were still, I'm home. So healthy eating, exercise, monitoring glucose, you know, all these things I did not readily adopt or stick to. My thoughts, I'm going to be okay. It's really not that bad. Uh, what's one or six extra pieces of chocolate going to hurt? I'll start my eating plan tomorrow. Oh, what happened to so-and-so will never happen to me. Those are my negative thinking patterns. You know, food has always been an excessive love of mine. Have you heard the expression, I've never met a meal I didn't like? Mwah. To put it bluntly, food controlled me, has controlled me for the most part of my life. And I say half because I'm in the battle, right? Needless to say, my health got worse before it got better. And wrong thinking will do that to you. So Holy Spirit has been helping me to start renewing my mind concerning this health condition and the place I've given to food. So I have been intentionally replacing wrong thoughts and reinforcing right, reinforcing right thinking through prayer, purposeful actions, and, of course, the help of others in my life, always others, especially my journey family, which, of course, includes my husband. So before meals... I pray some of these scriptures that relate to my specific struggle. So I say, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the spirit. Then I can have my meal. Or not only of bread, 
do I eat, shall I eat, but of every word that comes from the mouth of God. Or others that talk, other that goes about, talks about to continue to walk our salvation in fear and trembling. Sometimes I tell that, Lord, I'm going to eat this food with fear and trembling. I'm going to lift it up to you. And prayers such as, I do not live to eat. I eat to live for strength, healing, and wholeness to serve you and serve others. I live for you. Or sometimes I say, food is provision from your hands. Food is not my God. You are my God. Other times I would say, Lord, I eat with gratitude, humility, awe, fear, and trembling. I remember a devotional where the lady would pray and say, Lord, that I never find myself alone with a plate of spaghettis. You got to know what you're struggling with, right? So these attacks and these temptations come back. And I still miss the mark from time to time. But now I see the struggle from another position. From a God has started to brand on my mind. You know, a pastor tells his church about this to replace wrong thinking. He tells them, you're not a sick person trying to get healed. You're a healthy person fighting sickness. You're not a bound person trying to get free. You're a free person fighting bondage. You're not a sinner trying to get holy. You're a saint fighting sin. That's the way we think. And we must stop believing these excuses. My mind is so negative because my life is so hard. Have you considered that your life is so hard because your mind is so negative? Getting rid of that chaos in the mind happens as it is filled with the truth that sets us free. Negative thoughts do not have to stay. Please believe it. Negative thoughts do not have to stay. Another lie. I cannot control my thoughts. They just control me. Repent of this lie. Don't keep saying that. You know, God expects you to choose your thoughts. And not allow them to be decided by what anybody else says, by other people's mindset. And we have, to ch we have the choice of focusing on what's right or going with the flow. And we're going to choose to focus on what is right. God has given us everything we need to control our mind. So God is asking you. Better yet, he is insisting that you come into agreement with God's design for your life. By believing the words of Paul in Corinthians 2.16. This is part of the scripture. But we have the mind of Christ. It's in the word. Having the mind of Christ means sharing the plan and the perspective of Christ. Sharing the plan. And the perspective of life. And it is something that all believers possess. It's in the scriptures. It's true. It's yours. Now in this same chapter, there's three th truths concerning the mind of Christ that I want to leave you with before we close. And one, one it says, the mind of Christ stands completely opposite to the wisdom of man. That's why we have to discern. The mind of Christ stands completely opposite to the wisdom of man. Second, the mind of God involves wisdom from God, once hidden, but now revealed. Thank you, Holy Spirit. 
And lastly, the mind of God is given to believers through the Spirit of God. Of course. I would like you to close your eyes so we can focus a moment on just these questions. Why would we want to live according to the untruths that surround us when we have this supernatural, extraordinary, unparalleled, unparalleled and undeserved gift? Let's take a moment and ask our Father to forgive us for putting our thoughts and our ways and our wants over his. Hallelujah. And let's tell him that we want to and we will demolish strongholds, arguments, and pretensions so nothing can conquer our mind except his word, his will, and his ways. Praise you, Lord. Let's think about this. And I want to pray over us, because I need it too. Father God, your word has touched our hearts. Your word has convinced us, convicted us of our daily need to renew our minds, to give place to your mind, the mind of Christ. Help us remember what you have spoken specifically to me that I may obey your command and respond completely to your call. We understand we cannot do it on our own. We understand we have no excuse to not do it. We understand that you have given us everything we need to win this battle. And to live out the mind of Christ in our lives. Thank you. In the name of Jesus. Amen. So be blessed. And as you go into your week, you know, go forward using your godly tools every day. Your weapons so you can keep renewing your mind. And choose to think with the mind of Christ. You are dismissed. <laughs>